Welcome back to the Beauty Brand Launchpad podcast. I'm excited you're here because today we're talking about how success leaves clues. And because success leaves clues, we need to make sure that we're paying attention. And so we're going to be chatting about, you know, what makes you know people successful, the people that you look up to, what are they doing and how you can incorporate in that into your business so you can start reaching the goals and the outcomes that you're looking for. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Beauty Brand Launchpad. I'm your host, Mark Kaiser, AKA Mr. Mags, and here we're diving deep with tangible tips, tricks, and mindsets to take your beauty business to the next level so you can stop trading your time for money and start building your future. Because I truly believe that once you've equipped yourself with the knowledge of what's possible for your beauty brand and the steps of how to get there, it's just a matter of finding the path that best aligns with you. So come join me as we go through this journey together and have this be the launchpad for the beauty business of your dreams. So kind of like what we said in the intro, there are common traits, there's common things that the successful people are doing on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. And they're they're doing these things consistently and it's leading to the results that you're looking for, right? You know, the, one of the best things that we can do is just model after what other people are doing, right? One, we can We can see what's worked for them, we can avoid the problems that they've ran into, and we can just follow the path that they're going along. And so it really just comes down to, are you a pain, Are you really paying attention to what they're doing to ultimately get to the success that they've had? And what can you do to replicate that so you can get there as well? And so that's what we're gonna be diving into today. Um, I think this is gonna be a little bit of a shorter podcast, but I think it's gonna be full of great information that you can kind of chew on and distill and Hopefully you can incorporate uh, into your, not only your day-to-day, but your overall outlook as far as how you view business and how you view success, because really how we view things and the the container and the frame that we see things is kind of what our reality is, right? Whatever we, we picture reality to be, you know, like things work this way, business works this way, you know, people, money, you know, we have these frames of references. And these references dictate how we view the world. And so potentially if you're listening to this, maybe you need to shift the frame in which, you know, business is operating and how money works and whatever else. Like if you have this, this frame that money is hard to come by, or it takes hard work to be successful, or I can't be successful because of X, Y, Z, this environment, this person, this location, you know, my upbringing, my spouse, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever it is, like these are all frames that we're operating within that are creating our reality, that are creating our experience here on this planet. And so if we want to make the most out of it, if we want to change that experience, we have to change our outlook and our frame of reference. And so that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. And, and it kind of leads us naturally into the question of, okay, if success leaves clues, and there's people that have been successful doing the thing that you want to do, how are they viewing the world, right? Like, how do they view money? What's their relationship with it? Because I'm sure, you know, if you're making, you know, 40, 50, $100,000 in your business, and you're looking up to someone who's making multiple six figures or seven figures or multiple seven figures, right? They're going to have a completely different outlook on the way that you, that they view money and how easy it is to come by. And so I I would take notice, you know, instead of just mindlessly, you know, consuming the, the content that you watch on TikTok and Instagram 
and the, you know, the different people you follow, like really try and get an inside look on how they operate. Like if, if you really look up to some, someone in the beauty industry, like see if they, you like see what they're saying on their stories, see what they're posting, see if they've been on any podcast talking about their journey or whatever else. Like that's a gold mine right there. Just seeing how their mindset uh, was when they're approaching things, how their mindset was when they were at the level that you were. Uh, because you're going to be able to pick up on patterns and things that really move the needle forward to them, uh, for them, I should say. And so we're, we're also going to be covering that as well as some tangible things that you can actually put into practice and really start building some momentum and hopefully developing some new habits to move yourself forward. Because ultimately, I know I've talked about this on other podcast episodes, um, and if you haven't, make sure you go back to the previous episodes and listen, but really everything comes down to our habits. You know, successful people have successful habits. They're doing things every single day, every single week to move them forward and closer to their goals. And so depending on what habits you have are going to really dictate what results you get. So if you're, let's say, for example, you're, you don't have the best health habits and fitness habits, right? Um, that's, that's going to tie into how successful you're going to be as well, right? Like if you, you know, you're not eating the best, you don't feel that great. It's going to lead to you feeling groggy and tired and unmotivated, right? Because there's a, a, a direct connection between your, your brain and your gut, right? They call that the, the brain gut connection or something like that, whatever they, they consider the gut to be your second brain. And so really the food that we consume and the things that we're, we're eating it's going to dictate our mental health, our mental clarity, right? And whatever else. And so if we don't feel good, like then we're not going to be able to work on our business because we're not going to have the energy. Like last week I was basically knocked out for the entire week with this stupid head cold that wouldn't go away. And when you have these head colds or you're just sick in general, like it's hard to focus on anything else because you just feel like crap. You don't have the energy, even if you wanted to work or, you know, be moving forward on your business or whatever else like you you can't because really you're you you just don't feel great so you don't have the energy to do it like i think i think there was a saying i i'm gonna butcher this but it's like everyone's you know chasing after the money and these things like all these external things right when they're healthy but when they're sick or they're on their deathbed or whatever else all they care about is their health they don't care about the money they don't care about all these other things they care about their health because if even if you had all the money in the world and you had a great place to live you had this amazing business you had amazing relationships with you know your boyfriend your girlfriend your husband wife whatever it is even if you had all those things they wouldn't matter if you didn't have your health like you you really can't enjoy the things that you've actually worked so hard for if you're not healthy and so to kind of take this tangent back into what we're talking about is like if you need to if you need to change up your routines and your habits, one of the best things and one of the best starting points that I would focus on is developing an exercise routine and watching the things that you eat. Uh, for the past little bit, um, earlier this month, or I guess last month, I started doing alternate day fasting. And what alternate day fasting is just essentially that you, you fast for 36 hours, and then you have an eating window of 12 hours. So like, say for example, your fasting started at, on Monday at 8 p.m. That would go all the way into Tuesday and you'd fast all of Tuesday. And then you would break your fast 
uh, Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. So that'd be a total of 36 hours. Then you'd have a eating window of 12. So you'd eat, you'd be able to eat from 8 to 8 on Wednesday, and then you'd repeat that. And then all of, you know, 8 p.m. on Wednesday to Thursday, you'd fast, and then you'd break it at 8 a.m. on Friday. And so you're alternating the days in which that you're eating. And really, you're, you're eating less than <laughs> your eating window is a lot smaller than the times that you're not eating. And what this does, for me, this worked really well. Like in the, in four weeks, I lost 15 pounds and that was my goal. It was to lose, you know, this weight. And then, um, but also there, there's multiple health benefits with it. Like there, it's great for you, uh, to rejuvenate the cells in your body and repair things and, you know, elasticity in your skin, right? Like if you feel like you're getting these wrinkles and you're afraid of getting old, you should consider fasting. Um, but there's all these things that it helps with. And the biggest one, and the reason why diets like calorie counting and everything else like that don't necessarily work is because it's not getting to the root issue, right? Everyone's just like calories in and calories out. And like, that's true to an extent, but underneath that is what is really what we're mostly dealing with is insulin and insulin resistance, right? Cause every time we eat, um, especially when it's, you know, high in carbs and sugars and whatever else, even fats and proteins, they'll, they'll spike your insulin a little bit. Um, but the, the thing is, is when our insulin is spiked, we're using that as our energy source. This is going to be really rudimentary. And I might say something's kind of wrong, but the, the overall gist of it uh, is, is accurate in how your body works. Right. And so when it's using insulin and glycogen as your fuel source, it's going to keep doing that. But with the way our American diet is and the way that we're constantly eating, we're never giving our, our, our body a chance to let those insulin levels go down, right? Because we eat breakfast and a few hours later we eat lunch and then we have a snack and then we eat dinner and then we have a snack and, you know, we have some pit, potato chips at night when we're watching like our, you know, Netflix before bed and whatever else, right? Like we're, we're never giving our body a chance for it to actually come down to a baseline with the insulin. And when your insulin is high, that is your fuel source. Like your body can't, you know, use insulin and use fat as a fuel source for your body, right? Because uh, when you have this excess insulin, this excess glycogen and your body doesn't use it, your body will take those glycogen uh, and store it as fat on your body so you can use it at a, at a later time, which is great. You know, when we were going back to, you know, primitive times when we were hunter gatherers and we're looking for food and resources and we wouldn't be able to eat three meals a day or every single day. And so having that fat reserve, you know, enabled us to not completely die. <laughs> you know, we were able to go a good amount of time, um, by using just fat as an energy source. And so, um, I know I'm, I'm going off on a tangent here, but it, it, I'm going to tie it back in. And so by, um, by doing this alternate day fasting, I'm giving my body an opportunity to not be consuming anything. So that entire time I'm consuming fat as my energy source. And what's cool is that, yeah, the first few days, like they're hard. And, um, you know, I, I lost 15 pounds that one month and then I went out of town. Uh, we were visiting some friends in Utah and I was well aware. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be as strict. Uh, you know, I'm going to enjoy my time and whatever else like that. But getting back into it, it's been really difficult, right? Just getting into the flow of things. And that's what I'm, I'm doing right now. I'm actually fasting as we speak. And so, um, 
But what's cool is that when you're using fat as a fuel source and you're not eating, I actually feel like I have more energy because right. Like our, our American Western diet is just full of so much crap. And like, it doesn't really give us the nutrition that we need. And so when your body is just focusing on metabolizing that and working through it, like it, it, get, it makes you groggy, right? Like us feeling tired after we eat isn't a normal thing. Like we shouldn't be feeling that way. So instead of my body focusing on that, it's using fat as fuel source. And so that leads me to having way more clarity, like less brain fog, brain fog, less brain fog. And I have all this energy and creativity flowing because my body is operating, you know, just off of this fat fuel source. And so it's really been beneficial. And I actually enjoy the days where I, I'm not eating. Like nighttime gets a little bit hard, right? Like, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock rolls around. And I'm like, I really want to eat. And so it's getting past those mental hurdles because once you do that, you know, you're, you're sleeping, you know, what, 16 hours out of your fast window. And so a, a lot of that, that fasting is happening while you're sleeping. So it's just getting past like those mental hurdles and you, you know, you can start seeing great results. And I've noticed that consistently when I'm fasting every other day, it's, you know, two to three pounds like clockwork that I'm, that I'm losing off of my frame. And so tying this back into being successful, right? Like having these habits of a healthy, uh, diet and exercise pro, uh, thing is so powerful. And like the exercise thing, like this is my opportunity. I go to the gym every single day and I start out and I walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes on varying inclines and speeds and whatever else. And this is my opportunity to throw my headphones in, turn on a podcast and I'm learning, I'm consuming, I'm, I'm getting motivated for the day. I'm getting inspired, right? Like this is my time to expand my thinking and learn from people who have been successful beforehand. And then once I get my 30 minutes done, I'll do some sort of weight training and, you know, wrap it up. And usually my workouts are, you know, 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour long. But you know, this whole time, it's just my, it's my me time. A lot of times it's just, I've got no distractions. It's just me, the headphones and my podcast and whatever I'm working out on. And it's, and it's something that I look forward to every single day. And it's, it's really benefited me to, to really find people and information and mentors even though I'm not working with them directly, I'm able to listen to their thought process. And when they have guests on, I'm able to see how they think and how they approach things and get inspired by their businesses that they were able to create. And so if you're looking for a first step, I would, I would definitely recommend doing an exercise goal, incorporate some, some dieting, even if it's just, you know, um, my wife Maggie's been, incorporating a form of kind of alternate day fasting. It really is a, it's intermittent fasting. And so what she'll do is instead of eating at breakfast time, she'll wait until 12 PM. And so her eating window is from 12 PM to 8 PM. And then at 8 PM, her fast starts and it rolls over into the next day. And so she has that short, uh, eight hour win, uh, eight hour period of eating where the rest of the time she's fasting. And I think she's lost like four pounds. Like she was in good shape to begin with, but She's already noticing that she feels better and she, you know, is excited to do these different things because she's given herself that structure. And so it was kind of like a two for one in there. Like having the diet and the exercise is great, but I'm also learning from other people while I'm exercising. Like I'm, I'm hitting two birds with one stone. And I even, 
I even incorporate this when I'm driving in my car. Like I'll just continue listening to a podcast or an audiobook or whatever it is. So I'm continually learning, right? It's like my mobile, it's my mobile education, except when my wife's in the car. I'm, I'm nice and I'll, I'll turn on some music for her. But outside of that, anytime I'm in the car or I'm at the gym, I'm listening to something, I'm learning something, and then I'm applying it. Like if I, if I can see how that can directly benefit my business, then, and it's like a tangible thing that I'm absolutely applying it. And so, and then if it's more of a mindset thing, then I try and incorporate that into my mindset and remind myself anytime like these, these negative thoughts or these disempowering thoughts pop up, I'm reminding myself like, Hey, that's, that's not my identity. That's not me. Like we're, we're thinking this like thanks, but no thanks kind of thing. Like I appreciate you mind, but this is the direction that we're going. And so um, that was just really like a quick and dirty, weird tangent that tied in, but it, it still works. But also when it comes to, uh, to successful people, we're just gonna keep going down the list here. I've made some notes and I just wanna hit on all these, but successful people don't play the victim card. Like they don't see themselves as victims. Even if something happens that wasn't their fault, they still are asking themselves, like, okay, how was I, you know, how was I responsible for this? Like, why was I in this position? You know, if you get in a car accident and someone rear ends you, like, what could have you have done differently? Like, could you have, you know, not braked as hard in, in traffic or could you have gone a different route? Right. Or, you know, just being responsible of, uh, it's just really like when you're not a victim and you see as everything that you have control of you have control of you're in control of that's a weird way to say it um but basically what it comes down to is that you take responsibility for your life if you're in a situation that you don't care for and you have a business that you're not entirely happy with and you want to make more money and you want to you know build your reach on instagram and you want to do all these things that that's on you that's not on the algorithm that's not on your clients that's not on anything else like if you're not in the spot that you want to be the actions and the thoughts and everything else that was happened, you know, yesterday, the week before, three months before, all those things built up to where you are now. So if in the future you want something different, then you're going to have to do something different. You have to operate in a different way. You're going to have to think in a different way to produce different results, right? Like you've already know, you already know where you're at. You already know what actions and things that you're doing habitually, right? Because everything is habits. All those things have led to where you're at now. So if you don't like where you're at, you don't like your circumstance, it's not you blaming someone else. It's not you blaming the fact that you, I don't know, you live in a certain city or a certain state or you have a certain family or you have a spouse that isn't the most supportive. Like, yeah, those things help, but still ultimately you're in control. You're responsible. So if you want to do something different, then you need to take those actions to do something different. So if that... If that requires you to move, then you need to move. Or if that needs you to require, you know, moving on from your partner, if they're really bringing you down, then do that. Or if you need to do something different and stop dragging your feet and finally launch that course, then do that, right? Like you just have to be hyper aware and objective of what you're doing and the things that you need to get better at and the things that you need to improve on and, you know, really consistency, like when it comes down to it, like successful people are consistent. They know what things are going to move the needle forward. And so they're going to do that consistently. So start paying attention to, okay, successful people, they do this consistently. 
they're showing up on social media. They're showing their face. They're building their brand. They're building connection. They're, they're creating new projects and they're, they're learning how to market. They're learning how to communicate. They're learning how to build a personal brand. They're, they're understanding what their customer wants and needs from them, right? Like you can start making a list of all these different things if you're actually paying attention instead of just mindlessly consuming their content and wishing you had the life that they had, right? If they have some glamorous thing or they're traveling all the time or they have the amazing house and the car and the spouse and whatever else, like instead of just being envious of it, try and deconstruct how they actually got into that position, right? And then see how you can apply it in your life and how it fits in in your unique way, your unique outlook and how you can make it your own, right? Because it's, I'm not telling you just to copy these people, like it's, as far as like, you know, their branding or what services or courses that they offer, like see like the, the higher level, the big picture. They're like, okay, so they create a core product and then they talk about that product and then they, you know, build connection with their brand and then they launch this every so often, like start taking notes, be really observant on what big level things that they're doing. And then you can kind of work backwards from that. You're like, okay, well, I need to know how to market myself. I need to know what my audience wants and what they're struggling with. I need to do this, this, and this. Just try and be as objective as possible. And so that, that kind of leads me into the next thing is that successful people, they build in demand skills and they don't just focus on the sexy thing, right? And like, this is a big one. I think for a lot of us in the beauty industry, it's so easy just to focus on social media, like, because Instagram for a lot of you was what, how you built up your service-based business. Like you're posting pictures of your work, you're, you know, commenting on other people's things and whatever else. But just because that worked for your service business doesn't mean that it, that's going to be the thing that takes your business to the next level. Or, you know, when you start launching your courses and different things like that, make sure social media is a big aspect of it. But if you're focusing solely on something that you don't have ultimate control of, you don't control the algorithm, you don't control your followers, like you don't have instant access to them necessarily. Like if Instagram disappears or they decide to cancel your account or delete it, there's nothing you can do. You have to start over. You have to start from square one, whether it's a different platform or creating a new you know, profile and account within Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is. Like these things are out of your control. And so just because it worked here doesn't mean that it's going to be the thing that gets you to the next level because like, you know, that's the sexy thing, right? Everyone wants to have this huge following, but what skills, what in-demand skills can you build to get yourself to the next level? And I, and I mentioned a few of them earlier, right? Like instead of just focusing on social media, maybe you need to start building an email list. So like an asset that you actually have control over and you have direct communication with your, your people on your list. And then you need to understand like, okay, well, how do I, how do I nurture and cultivate this list? And then you start figuring out how to write good emails that aren't just pitch emails. Right. And you're not just constantly, you know, shoving promotion and promotion and promotion down their throats. And you're actually, you know, building a close relationship with them. So when you do actually pitch something, they're like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like I built such a connection with this person. Of course, I'm going to, you know, learn how to you know, or learn from them or purchase their course or their product or whatever else. And so that's what I'm talking about when it comes to building these skill sets. You're like, okay, having an email list, that's, that's a skill set. So how do I, how do I um, monetize this? How do I get better at it? You know, and how can I, you know, this is probably something that's 
low on your radar too, is like what systems and processes and automations can I do instead of just adding on more services, right? Like how can I take things off of my, off of my plate so I'm not just, you know, trading time for money, right? Like what are things that I can do? What things can I automate so it's working for me so I can focus on the most important aspects of my business? Like there are certain things in your business that only you can do because you as the CEO, you're going to have some things that you have to do, right? Like you're, you're going to be in charge of like the, the big vision of where you're taking your brand and what things you're going to offer to the marketplace and how to, to put them out into the world. But you're also, you're in charge of the personal brand. Like you are a personal brand in, in a lot of sense, in a lot of senses, because, um, the majority of us have built that up. You know, we built up our services as a personal brand. And now that we're, you know, trying to get into online courses or we've gotten into online courses, people are purchasing these courses based off of your personal brand. They want to work with you directly. And so that's only something that you can do. So you're in charge of creating content and all of these other things, whatever else. And so be thinking, okay, what things can I take off of my plate? What, what things can I automate through software or different things? Or can I hire a virtual assistant? Can I do whatever else? So I'm, so I can focus on the the highest leveraged opportunities and only things that I can do, right? Like, you know, editing this podcast, anyone can do it, but creating the podcast and me talking to you on this video and, and, and on audio is only something I can do at this moment until AI takes out over and they recognize my voice and I can just type up a podcast and they'll, <laughs> they'll deliver it for me. But Right now, only I can do that. Only I can be in front of the camera talking to you. Only I can be creating the courses. I don't have to edit the courses. I don't have to you know, necessarily put all the curriculum together, but eventually you wanna to get to a point where you can hire these things out and you can automate these things. So like, for example, today I've been, um, I've been working on these different automations to, to happen behind the scenes without me even lifting a finger. Like, one of the things I hate the most is following up on like customer service type emails or whatever else. Like say for example, that, you know, I'm I have a student that's on a monthly payment plan for, you know, usually we, we, uh, we structure it. So like we've got like six monthly payment plans or a year payment plans, depending on what fits their budget and say for whatever reason, they, their payment didn't go through and, and whatever else. And so automatically our system will retry in a couple of days and like it'll try retry up to four times before it completely cancels that, that payment plan out because, you know, obviously the credit card that they have on file or whatever else isn't working. And so I created a, a process, a system and automation. So after the second time that, um, our payment processor has tried to process that payment and it's failed, then it automatically creates an email with that's that has the person's name. It has this automated message to be like, Hey, you know, our systems try to make a payment. It's not going through for whatever reason, click here on this link for you to update your card or you try a different payment method. And then let me know if you want to use that. Like if you do use a new card in the future, if you want to make that your default card moving forward for the remaining month's payments. Right. And so it's got their unique link to update their card specifically for their account. It's got their name. It's got all these different things and it's completely automated and it runs in the background. It automatically, that automation is triggered once it's like, okay, this, uh, this, uh, this payment has failed twice. Now 
all right, now let's send up a follow-up email because I was doing that manually before and I'd type it out and I'd copy the link and I'd get their email and blah, 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 blah. And it was, it was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> like I hated it. And I, I just, you know, not only taking the time to write the email, I just hated the idea of me, you know, being a debt collector in a way, you know, because that's, that's the last thing I want to do. I want to focus on providing transformations and results for people so they can be the most successful that they can be with their online business. So I created that automation, right? I took the time now, right? Like it wasn't fun creating. <laughs> well, like it is in a way because you're like, oh, this is going to save me a ton of time, right? Like that future benefit. So you're taking the time now so you can save way more time in the future, right? Like you have that thing off your plate. And so be thinking of, you know, stop just being just a service provider. Like if you want to make more money, don't just add on more services. Think of ways that you can leverage your knowledge, your expertise, and take things off your plate. Like the, the more that you can do that, the more that you can build assets that are working for you, that's when you have true financial freedom. That's when you can spend more time with your family and your friends and go on these vacations and not worry about, you know, all these different things because you have money coming in automatically. You have your systems set up for you to work for you, right? And so be paying attention on what in-demand skills that you need to create. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit, like the, the skill of communication as a personal brand is one of the most important skills that you can have being able to communicate and get your ideas across and get people excited for what you have to offer. Like it's hard to put a dollar value on that because it's such a valuable skill set. Like you'll take that wherever you go. That doesn't, it's not just within the beauty industry or business in general. Like you do this all the time when you're wanting to convince, you know, your partner where to go to eat. You can use your communication as a way to convince them, to persuade them to be like, oh, we should go here. We should watch this movie. We should do this, you know, whatever else. Like this is just, there's so many applications that you can use for communication that it it is such a valuable skill set. And same goes with marketing and sales, right? If you know how to market a product and understand what your audience wants and what gets them excited and how to sell them on it, like you can take that anywhere you want and your income level is not capped, right? As a salesperson who understands sales and marketing, you can take that and make this as big as you want, right? As long as like you have the structures in place and systems and automations that can handle, you know, bringing in more customers and more money, right? Like if, if you have the systems in place to handle it, then you can scale that to be as big as you want, right? And so also another in-demand skill set that I would recommend building is building up your network, connecting with people, developing like actual relationships with people. Because there are going to be opportunities that only come from knowing certain people. Like these opportunities aren't just going to fall in your lap just by working hard or making a lot of money, right? Like you have to kind of rub shoulders with people and develop these true, genuine friendships because, you know, possibly they're going to be the ones that are going to help promote your course or they're going to introduce you to another person or they're going to introduce you to this or get you in this door, right? Like your network and your personal brand and communication <laughs> like those things are so powerful right like it's just like the old saying like it's not um it's not what you know it's who you know right and so like being able to get your foot in the door into these different places and being connected to audiences that you might not possibly have connections with is a huge leg up and it's a great way for you to accelerate your growth and your impact and ultimately grow your business and the other thing that successful people focus on 
is that they focus on long-term growth strategies and goals instead of only just short-term instant gratification. Because something that's worthwhile, something that's valuable, it takes time. So instead of getting frustrated when something go, doesn't work out perfectly or they don't get that instant reward or gratification, these successful people, they stay consistent because they know over time what they're building is gonna get to, to where they wanna go ultimately, right? Like they have the patience, they have the perseverance to keep going. And along the way, as they're working on this, they're figuring out, okay, I've got this little piece done, this little aspect, what else do I need to do? Okay, I need to learn this skill set, or I need to talk to someone who knows how to do this. I need to do this. And they start building up these things. And you know, when they put it out into the marketplace, maybe it doesn't do as well as they've hoped, but instead of just giving up completely, they're like, okay, let's look at this objectively. What worked? Okay, X, Y, Z, that worked. Okay, what didn't work? Okay, this didn't work for sure. This kind of fell flat. This wasn't the best. Okay, and where, what are th- some things that we can improve on? Like they worked, but we should improve them. And then you can list those out. And you're not taking, you're not taking anything personally, which is really hard when you're a personal brand, when you're trying to sell yourself and your knowledge and your expertise, it's hard to not make it personal. But if you can just look at things just from almost like an outsider's perspective and just observe and look at it objectively, it's it becomes a lot easier for you to be like, okay, this is working, this isn't. What do we need to do moving forward? And then, you know, these successful people, if they if they don't necessarily know what to do next, they'll give it time for them to chew on it and sit with it, you know? They'll they'll get out and they'll walk around and they'll meditate or whatever else just to to free their mind instead of like constantly consuming stuff or being distracted on social media, right? Or just giving up altogether. Or even better, to to get to the result that they want faster, they'll hire mentors and coaches and consultants to help them achieve the result that they're looking for, right? They're going to find people who have accomplished the thing that they're looking to accomplish, and they'll be like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm stuck. Like, what do you think? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah totally. You should do this. And you're like, oh, why didn't I think of that before? That's genius, right? And they can put uh, apply that, right? And the faster that they apply these things, the more momentum they're going to have, the more successful they're going to be, and the more money they're ultimately going to make, right? And so and so it's all about just using whatever resources you have, even if it feels uncomfortable. You know, it, it feels uncomfortable putting yourself out there and, and building this personal brand and having the potential for things to not go as well as you hoped. But the people that have had success and are where you want to be are the ones that are persistent and keep going and keep putting in the work even when they don't want to, even when the motivation is gone. They've built up that habit, right? Everything comes back to, back to habits. They've built up that habit of doing the thing even when they don't want to. And they just continue moving forward until they get to where they want to go, right? And the more that they do these things, the easier they become. So the things that you're scared about now, you know, whether it's talking in front of a camera or in front of an audience, you know, public speaking is a huge fear of a lot, for a lot of people. Whatever else that you know is feels like it's a big thing that you're not used to, the more that you do that thing, the easier it becomes, the more second nature it is. And so you don't have to put so much mental energy and focus on that thing. And then you can just focus on the next thing. And then you can put more mental focus and energy into that. And then you're just building up this a massive amount of skills that are gonna benefit you in the future. And they're just gonna come, you know, like second nature. And so the last thing that I wanna talk about is that successful people, their 
producers and not consumers. Well, they, they find the balance between produ- being a producer and a consumer, right? They produce more than they consume. And so that's on, on social media and everything else like that. Like instead of just mindlessly watching people's reels and stories and their posts and TikToks and all the, all the other things to keep us distracted on Netflix and whatever else, they take the time to actually produce and create and get their name out there and, and share their unique perspective and experiences with people because they know that being an authority in their space and, and providing value to people is the most important thing that they can be doing because when it comes down to it, as a service provider, as a course creator, as someone who wants to create a product line or you wanna do whatever else, everything comes down to value how much value you can create for someone else or give someone else, right? Because the more value that you have for something, the more money you're gonna make. The more valuable the thing, the more it's worth. And so that's what successful people are doing. They're producing things that are of value. They're creating content that's valuable. They're not just pointing at a screen and mouthing over some trending sound on, on Instagram because it's gonna get them more of a reach, right? That doesn't lead to sales. That isn't valuable. Yeah, that may entertain someone for five seconds, but then they're on to the next thing. So they're constantly thinking, okay, how can I how can I utilize the reach of what Instagram wants or TikTok wants? But also how do I provide value in the meantime, right? They're they're balancing this out and they're understanding like, okay, yeah, maybe I'll watch an hour of Netflix or two every night, but I'm still, you know, the rest of the day creating content. I'm creating systems in my business. I'm doing these things. I'm creating value. I'm producing more than I consume. And so really get clear on what your audience is struggling with and understand what their desires are and what mistakes they're making to that are keeping them from where they want to go and how you can uniquely use your knowledge, your expertise and your skills, your mastery of things and how you can solve that for them. And if it's a a big enough problem that they're willing to pay for, then you're in business, you're good to go. And so that might take a little trial and error, figuring out, okay, does this work, does it not? Do they want this, do they not want that? And that's okay, again, just look at things objectively and don't be so worried about the instant gratification. Just be like, okay, I'm in it for the long haul. I know this can be successful. This is something I'm, I'm passionate about and I know it can solve a lot of problems for people. So I'm gonna do whatever it takes, right? It's it's this no quit mentality on the things and the dreams that are most important for you instead of just diminishing them and just be like, oh, that's not for me. That's only for successful people. Like, that's not me. You know, like you have to change, like we talked about the first of this episode, you have to change your perspective, your frame of reference, right? And you have to see things in a different light and you have to see things like the, success, the successful entrepreneur does. You know, they're gonna view money a certain way. They're gonna view their time a certain way. They're gonna view who they associate with and who they hang out with. They're gonna view that in a different way too, right? They're they're trying to figure out all the different levers that they need to pull to get to where they wanna go. And that's what you need to do as well. And so that's kind of what I wanna end on with this episode is just figuring out where you wanna go, think with the end in mind, and then work backwards from there. And then find people who have achieved something similar to what you wanna go for, right? If you want to figure out how to create a successful online course business that brings in six or seven figures, then find someone who does that, right? If you want to find someone who's created an amazing product line in the beauty industry, 
try and learn from them. See what they've done. See what's worked and what hasn't. You know, what are they doing now versus when they first got into the industry, right? Like, these are all data inputs that you can can work with to move yourself forward and get to where you want to go. So with that being said, thank you so much to, for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, make sure to share this on Instagram and tag me so we can attract more people to the podcast and share this message. And other than that, I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure that you're being successful and doing what you need to. I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Beauty Brand Launchpad podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to take a screenshot and share and tag me in your Instagram stories. And make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Every like, review, and share helps spread the Beauty Brand Launchpad message and is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much, and I'll see you on the next episode.